Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, unfortunately, as I do every Friday, I have to pay attention to the soldiers that we may have lost. The Department of Defense did announce the deaths of five U.S. Army Special Operations Aviation soldiers that were killed during routine flight training as a result of a helicopter crash on November 10th, a week ago, in the Mediterranean Sea. There are no indications the crash was caused by enemy or hostile actions. It was an MH-60 Blackhawk conducting aerial refueling training when the aircraft experienced an in-flight emergency resulting in the crash. The deceased are Chief Warrant Officer, Third Class Stephen R. Dwyer, age 38, of Clarksville, Tennessee. Chief Warrant Officer, Second Class Shane M. Barnes, age 34, of Sacramento, California. Staff Sergeant Tanner W. Grone, age 26, of Gorham, New Hampshire. Sergeant Andrew P. Southard, 27, of Apache Junction, Arizona, and Sergeant Cade M. Wolf, 24, of Mankato, Minnesota. And our thoughts and prayers remain with the families of the fallen. The U.S. Army's Combat Readiness Center is conducting an investigation into the incident. But this is what is also going on in terms of what you put on the line when you're a member of the military. Um, Even a training exercise that goes bad and we lose five persons and my heart just breaks. And we pay so little attention to the families of the military. We, We, some of them are struggling, trying to figure out how they're going to make mortgage payments. And some of them are gonna get that news that their loved one was uh, killed in an accident during a training exercise, or worse yet, killed in battle. And I just think that for us to take a few minutes every Friday and make note of their lives and the enormous sacrifice that the members of the military do each and every day, even in training, it's the least we can do. You know, here's a Thanksgiving where five families will have a missing person. There'll be an empty chair at their Thanksgiving table. And I just want to make sure that on the very basic level, we don't forget. We never forget the sacrifice, the cost of freedom. It ain't free. And that much I have become more and more aware of every day. So, and then, you know, the war continues continues to rage in the Ukraine and Russia. The war continues to rage in Israel. 
and the war continues to rage on the streets, the streets of, uh, of America. The police chief in Memphis, Tennessee, says not even the army can save the city. You've got celebrities talking about how upset they are that TikTok is putting out this uh, propaganda which is making people even more anti-Semitic than they already were, which was pretty substantial. And, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen is, a, is surprised at this. I, I just don't understand. They, they, don't, they knew what they were doing. TikTok is not innocent. They're creating anti-Jewish sentiment. And what are we going to do? You know, we'll fight back. That's what we're going to do. You've got to fight back. You can't just allow the, the, the social media companies, the foreign powers. You know, the president of the United States meeting with all of these bigwigs in the Asian Pacific theater who are literally ripping us off. But all you're going to hear about today is, oh my gosh, you know, Nikki Haley, uh, is rising in the polls, and Elon Musk is a is a uh, an anti semite, and the advertisers are freaking out. All I've ever heard about X or Twitter is how the advertisers are always freaking out. But it still seems to be uh, moving along. And it, and I can tell you this: anti semitism is real, and I don't care if it's coming from Candace Owens or I don't care if it's coming from. Uh, Tucker Carlson, or if it's coming from Elon Musk. I condemn anti-Semitism. End of story. But we have some culpability in all of this. We just kept talking about all this nonsense, you know, uh, Islamophobia and racism and blah, blah, blah. You know, anti-Semitism has always been on the rise. Probably since, uh, you know, Genesis. Absolutely, since the beginning of the Bible. And that's uh, it's just incredibly, we're in an incredibly depraved period of time. And I am convinced, you know, the new Speaker of the House referred to America as depraved. And that all we do, he said, the first order of business is for us to cry out to God and and repent and turn away. I'm with him. You know, I, I really like, I more than like this speaker. I think he's saying things that need to be said. And of course, he'll be damned for doing it. One thing you can't talk about is God or retribution or anything like that, even though we're pretty... We're pretty aware that that's what's going on. We're depraved. We're demoralized. We are a mess. And we got to start talking about it. And now the body of an, another hostage has been found. The body of a second female Israeli hostage that was abducted by Hamas on October 7th has been found near the Al-Shifa Shifa Hospital. And this was the body of IDF soldier Corporal Noah Marciana, 
was recovered by troops from a building near the Strip's largest hospital in Gaza City, was returned to Israel today, or actually last yesterday, following an identification process that was conducted by military, medical, and rabbinate personnel. And the IDF representatives have you know, have told her family that her body was extracted and returned to Israeli territory. And this came just hours after they recovered the body of the 64-year-old Yehudit Weiss, who was a resident of the Kibbutz Bi'arei in southern Israel. They found her yesterday from another structure near the Al-Shifa complex. So does anybody there doubt that these hostages, many of them are probably already dead and many of them are going to be killed? This is not... I love the way they say, well, we should have a ceasefire so that the hostages will be released. They're not releasing hostages unless they want to release hostages. And then sometimes we're just going to find them like this. Israeli forces were outside and inside that hospital all day yesterday. They stormed it twice in the last 48 hours. And they found a Hamas war command right underneath this hospital. The hospital, which has run out of fuel, run out of electricity, and pretty much run out of hope. You know, doctors in there are just able to do maybe the very minimal procedures. They're doing them by candlelight without anesthesia. They have nothing, no medical supplies. And this is also a, a facility that has premature babies and other infants. You know, the Israelis have offered to take these sick children and women and, and babies out of danger. But the, the Hamas health ministry, if you could call it that, won't do that. They're, they're using these innocent people as leverage in a PR war. I loathe this. The IDF said it discovered weapons, artillery, even, you know, they're starting to be real specific, AK-47s and hand grenades and military uniforms and laptops. And uh, they had found a laptop that had a photo of a kidnapped Israeli soldier in the hospital. Now, I don't know if it was this Marciano that they just found the body, but there are 239 people still being held hostage in Gaza. And I don't know how many of them are at El Shifa. But that doesn't even take into account the more than a million and a half people who have been displaced by this war since October 7th. You know, the, these, these monsters, these subhuman garbage that American students are protesting on behalf of don't care who dies or how they die. And that's the truth, whether we like to say it or not. So don't forget to download our app. I know it's hard going from one subject to the next, but uh, if you have our app, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to uh, shows, portions of shows that you may have missed. And of course, you can get all the breaking news as well as storm updates and things of that nature. It would have been nice if I had been checking and knew the rains that we were besieged with for a couple of days here in Broward County, but 
finally the rain has stopped. I feel like Noah. You know, the, the ark is needed. Anyway, let me take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's amazing to me how I, I just, I don't understand how people can be so convinced that the most important news stories are these nonsensical stories about polls and about, I don't know, I saw a story today. It was a headline story, mind you, on a number of aggregate websites. So it wasn't just like on one so that I could excuse it and say, well, that might be of particular interest to a certain, this was all over the place on NBC, on ABC, on Drudge Report. The, the story was that the Estee Lauder family built a beauty empire, but they're having like family problems. Oh, how is that a news story in this era, in this time period? where there's wars raging, where the politics have become so hostile and negative in our nation's capital, in state after state. We're, we're looking at kids who are uh, afraid to go to school. There are a lot of children. I, I read an article about this yesterday. This should be a headline story, not Estee Lauder's family problems but kids have never gone back to school after COVID. So how do you leave a whole generation, multiple generations, there's probably two generations when you think about it, uneducated in this country and not think that's gonna be pretty serious stuff. Who's gonna lead? Not going back to school. How come nobody noticed until this article, I certainly, and I have a lot of tentacles out there in the world of education still to this day. And I had not heard that there were still so many kids who are not going to school. So what are the schools doing about it? I mean, wouldn't that be your first question? I'm so sick of these moron, uh, you know, teachers union, Randy, whatever her name is, and all of their blather about how, oh my gosh, you know, um, we have to wear masks and, and we, we can't ask, uh, you know, teachers to do this or to do that. And meanwhile, they're not even going back to school. Very high absenteeism. Why? Because they got used to not going to school. I know that sounds simplistic, but during the COVID-19 pandemic, first and foremost, kids were sick, their families were sick, and so they didn't go to school. And it was tolerated. What, what are you possibly gonna do about that? I mean, kids who, who, who had uh, parents who couldn't go to work and kids who, caught COVID or kids whose parents had COVID and kids who were told they couldn't uh, leave the house and so they're sitting in front of these screens. What about all the kids who didn't have computer access or didn't have reliable internet service? We didn't think about that very much, did we? We gave it a little lip service and then we did nothing to resolve that. So, you know, I'm sure in the beginning, when the attendance is, you know, was noticeably lower, they were making excuses for that. Well, the kids will get back into school, they'll understand, they'll be healthier and all the rest of it. But uh, it's two years. It's 
two years since most schools in this country resumed in-person classes, and yet absences are still skyrocketing. We're not worried about COVID-19, pretty much. I mean, I do still see some people wearing masks, and I still have to roll my eyes at people who are out there, you know, walking, uh, not even close to anybody wearing a mask. It's like, come on, man. But for the most part, people are not frantic about that. I go into Walgreens and even, you know, senior citizens are not wearing masks. Uh, they pretty much have, have realized that they're just going to have to live with the flu and live with the COVID and live with everything else and just live. But apparently they're not going to school. Our kids are not going to school and our kids are already pretty dumb, have been deprived for a long time of decent education. So what happens? You know, how do you get them back into school? Do you care? Or can we just have, you know, a bunch of dumb dummies running this country in the future? Because that's where we're going to end up. That's what it's looking more and more like. So, you know, you, you, you got, you've got to get real about these things. You've got to go to school board meetings and you've got to go to council meetings and you've got to run for offices because otherwise we have no one to blame but ourselves. I know that my grandkids went back to school. I sometimes wish that they were being homeschooled because the school system in LA and in San Francisco, if I called it mediocre, that would be like a, a compliment. It's not even mediocre. It's abysmal. And most of the time they're learning stuff that's irrelevant to how they're going to perform as, as human beings, as adults in a civil society. You know, uh, they, they, they basically create victim classes in the schools that um, are, are open in, in San Francisco anyway. LA is not much better, but it's a little bit better. And, and that's why I say w those are the stories that we should be talking about, not whether Estee Lauder's, uh, you know, family is, is struggling uh, with their financial empire or whether or not, you know, the, the MAGA uh, people are fighting amongst themselves over who's going to staff the new White House. They're already talking as though it's a done deal. Think about that. You know, it, th they are already apparently convincing themselves that they better not act like they did in 2016 and assume that Donald Trump had no chance of winning. I think they've woken up and they've realized, whoa, whoa, they do have, he does have a very strong chance of winning. So uh, listen, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm serious these days about politics. I think it's very relevant to have these discussions and have them out loud and not to be talking about, you know, the, the uh, Estee Lauder. And, or, or what was the other stupid story I saw out there about um, some, some priest in Argentina? Okay, not even like a, here where it might be a relevant story, but some Catholic priest in Argentina is talking about the guy who they think is like Donald Trump and how dangerous he is. What? What? You know, or, or the tallest, fastest roller coaster that they just built in Saudi Arabia. Not for nothing. 
But I got kids who aren't going back to school in my dumbed down country. That's an issue. Anyway, uh, Derek will be joining me, not in this next segment, but in the final segment today. Um, he wasn't able to join us last week, so we're going to talk a little bit. I want to talk about these lawsuits, this Diddy lawsuit and the cool in the gang. I mean, I just need to take my mind off of that for a, a one segment. That's all we're entitled to is one silly segment every single week. So if you enjoy that silly segment, stay right where you are. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com apparently you know here's another big headline for you america's cheating hotspots florida is like uh, you know in the top who knows what top 20 and I, first and foremost who does these studies the whole world is on fire people are doing insane things and somebody decided it was important to find out which cities have the most adulterous married people in them. I, I just, I don't get it. You know, we're still trying to find, you know, what are the long-term effects of mRNA jabs? That's like stonewalled. We're not allowed to talk about that. You know, why do we have this sudden occurrence of healthy young athletes who suffer uh, pretty awful heart attacks and strokes in the middle of their lives, often resulting in death. Eh, don't talk about that. You know, it's a conspiracy theory. That's all I hear. But, but it's not a conspiracy theory to talk about which three cities in Florida made the top five for cheating. I don't even know what Ashley Madison is, but apparently there's a, a, there's a website or an online service that helps married people cheat. Like how, how disgusting have we become that not only does that exist, but that apparently here in Florida, we, uh, we take advantage of that kind of stuff. I, I just, I get so um, saddened by it all. All I keep thinking, you know, the nicest thing I saw yesterday, and I know many of you saw this, there was a video that was circulating of President Trump going to the pre-kindergarten classroom of his granddaughter, who's the kid of uh, Laura and Eric Trump, right? This cute little, you know, blonde-haired um, little girl there's video of her holding Grandpa Trump's hand and leading him into her preschool classroom, or I guess maybe she's in kindergarten, I don't know, she's four, whatever, I think it's pre-K, right? Leading her him into her classroom and then showing him her desk and him leaning down and kissing her. Now, 
It was the best moment I had yesterday was watching that video. And I, look, we're pretty, we're pretty messed up if that video was the highlight of my day. That's all I'm going to say. But it was. You know, I'm looking at these songs. I, I spend a lot of time searching out music that speaks to the, the time. You know, there was somebody had sent me, I think it was my friend Rhonda had sent me the video, or it might have been my friend Pat, of Bob Dylan had done a song about bullies. And really it was a song about what goes on in the Middle East and how Israel gets subjected to bullying and the world just kind of like rolls its eyes. And then we can see if you roll your eyes often enough, you end up with catastrophic results. So I look at music as a gauge of where various de uh, you know generations are in terms of their f pushback on politics and how d despicable some of these actions are, whether it's TikTok and the Osama bin Laden letter or all this other stuff. And I find it really nerve-wracking to see how there's videos and, and songs out now. They're like ballads that are pro-drug cartels, okay? They're pro-destroying entire generations of Americans with fentanyl, like it's something we should be giving a standing ovation to. We got Apple and BlackRock and, and CEOs from all of these countries that showed up in San Francisco and gave a standing ovation to Xi Jinping. Really? Really? Th this man who single-handedly is responsible for more human rights violations than anyone outside of the Middle East, okay? So you're looking at Chinese flags all over the streets of San Francisco, which in and of itself kind of freaked me out. Does not make you a little bit upset? It does me. Not a single American flag, by the way, did I see in this um, video that was running. And then President Xi walks in, and of course he gets the big warm welcome from our president because basically, is, uh, who was it the other day? Oh, uh, Matt Gates, uh, the, the congressman said, it's like you know he was meeting with his banker. And so he gets this warm, enthusiastic welcome from President Biden, and, uh, and then he gets a standing ovation from all these business leaders. We're talking Tim Cook, we're talking Larry Fink, we're talking, uh, I don't even know their names, the representatives from FedEx and Pfizer and Boeing. And they're all having dinner in downtown San Francisco. He walks in and gets a standing ovation. Come on, guys. It's kind of crazy to see business leaders in San Francisco give a communist president a standing ovation considering how he's responsible for things like fentanyl overdoses everywhere in America, not to mention COVID. Does anybody remember the China virus? Am I allowed to say that? Oh no, I can't say the China virus, but it was the China virus. Standing O for Xi Jinping. You know, 
the whole tone of the dinner was like fawning over him and, and, you know, that worship of him. Not everybody at the dinner was like that, but too many. The speech was propaganda. That The speech that he gave, it was just propaganda. And it's been going on all week. All these Chinese flags and these business dinners and these, you know, either if you look at that stuff and you're not disgusted or at least surprised or both, you know, trying to figure out how the city cleaned up its homeless problem like in one day for him. And and then Gavin Newsom uh, says, well, you know, if you have people coming over to your house for dinner, you clean up the house. Really? What about the American citizens? Shouldn't you be cleaning up the house for them? Ugh, just, it's been just a horrific week. It wasn't lost on us, Gavin. And if you had any presidential aspirations, which I know you do, you know, if you want to clean up cities like San Francisco for Xi Jinping, then perhaps maybe you should clean them up for your own citizens. Anyway, let me uh, take a take a break. When we come back, I'm going to do a little segment with my son Derek from TMZ, and we'll talk about things that are just completely frivolous because otherwise when I sign off today you won't know if I'm you know going going to you know jump for joy or jump out the window although I'm on the second floor I probably wouldn't even get hurt anyway stay right where you are I'll be back don't forget after me Eric Erickson comes your way and then we're in the weekend for for real and uh, nothing major uh, that I'm going to report until we come back on Monday at 6 a.m. with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade and Dan Bongino, and then me again on Monday. So for now, I have one segment left. Stay right where you are. They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood. It's only the Kaufman family can bring it. All right, and uh, here we are. I said I needed some relief from all of the horrific uh, news that I've been covering for the last, I don't know, 30 years. So my son Derek from TMZ is on the line. And uh, and let's keep it really light. Like, tell me what Shaq is doing at the Boys and Girls Club. Something fun. Yeah, I wish I could help you out. I will start you off with something light because this is lovely. We're getting towards the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And Shaq refurbished the court at the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, you know, he's obviously like Shaka Claus around this time of year. And so he spent the afternoon hanging out with the kids. Um, just said, you know, this, this, this court needs a little facelift. And he said, I can afford this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy, and I've uh, got a lot of money, and I care about basketball. So he gave it a little facelift, played some ball with the kids, and now it'll uh, be there for the next generation of basketball players. Yeah, and apparently I had no idea how much money he had made over his career. He was almost two decades in the NBA, but he made something like $300 million. It's like those Oh, are- yeah. Look, he's in the nine figures of wealth. He's obviously got the gig on TNT with all his friends, you mm-hmm. know, Charles Barkley and those guys. And he also is just... A great pitchman, um, yeah. and you know he came to our offices actually yesterday. So I got to sit in the room with Shaq. Mm. He drove the TMZ tour bus around. I mean, he is just—you're <laughs> in the presence of a of a true giant. I shook his hand, and I, I never felt so small. I wanted to be like carried out like the end of Officer and a Gentleman. He's just <laughs> massive. 
Yeah. No, I've been, I've stood with him. I stood between him and Alonzo Mourning one time, and it was like, I felt like a pygmy. It was bizarre, but he's just it's so unbelievable. sweet. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to believe we came from the same <laughs> sort of DNA in any Gene sense pool. of the word. He just is so massive. It, yeah. It's incredible. And he's so, he's so lovely and kind, yes. too. You know, he's always loved kids, so to see this is not surprising, but it's still good to report on. Absolutely. And that's what I needed. I didn't need any more news about uh, marches on Washington. But I'll tell you, what's going on with Diddy and, and this lawsuit? Yeah, you know, this is really awful stuff going on. Uh, you know, his longtime girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, Cassie, filed a bombshell lawsuit. I mean, this, this thing was, uh, you know, many, many pages long. I spent a lot of the afternoon poring over it. There's allegations of sex trafficking, violence, domestic abuse, rape, all sorts of things during the course of their relationship. She says he would hire you know, male prostitutes to have sex with her while he would watch and pleasure himself and he would be insanely jealous and, and you know, sort of uh, lash out at her and beat her at times. Really just awful allegations. Now, Diddy, for his part, has denied all of this. He says, look, this is a shakedown. Uh, she wanted $30 million out of me and said she was going to write a tell-all book. And I guess instead of a tell-all book, she went with a lawsuit. So he is denying everything, but she's got her supporters. You know, people have come out and said, I've been trying to tell you about Diddy for many, many years. Aubrey O'Day, who was who was on Making the Band, which was a Diddy show back in the day, and she was in the mm. band Danity Kane. She said, look, this guy is not a nice guy. Mm. Now, granted, her allegations were about sort of shady business dealings and sort of being under the male gaze and, and things like that. Nothing as horrific as what Cassie is saying, but this is going to be a very tricky situation for Diddy for sure. And it's in what? Is in New York that she's filing this? Yeah, you know, it's a federal suit, so the allegations go all across state lines, right? Mm. Because when you have a federal action, you need to say things took place in multiple jurisdictions. And what she's saying is they had these freak-out parties uh, where he would hire these prostitutes at hotels. And the hotels are all over America, according to her. So that's why she filed a federal case. Wow. Uh, just ugly. An ugly story about, about uh, you know, a superstar. But... I'm getting used to them. I'm sure you, you, you're up to your eyeballs in these kinds of stories. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's never a dull moment around here. And, you know, I grew up, this is, he was at the, the, one of the biggest names in music when I was growing up, and he's obviously still a huge mogul. So to hear these types of things, it's like you, you learn very quickly when you work here. Don't, don't uh, put your idols on pedestals too much. Yeah, that's the truth. One, some of my idols are is a band called Cool in the Gang. What's going on? Yeah, you know, this was the saddest story of the morning. Uh, the drummer from the band Cool in the Gang, George Funky Brown, just passed away at the age of 74 yesterday. He had mm. been battling cancer. He had stage four cancer and... You know, uh, he, he, he passed away. But when you think about going to weddings, you know, you can't go to a wedding and not hear Ladies Night, Too Hot, <laughs> Jungle Boogie, Celebration, Cherish. This guy co-wrote all of those songs. He was a very big figure. He's up there with, you know, I don't know, the village people they used to tour with, all that feel-good music of the 70s and 80s. They were right in the middle of the scene. So this is a, this is a big loss in the music, music yeah. world. Well, he was writing songs and, and drumming for Cool and the Gang for like uh, in, almost my whole life. I think it, certainly your whole life, maybe 50, 60 years. Yeah, you know, he may not be a household name himself, but he's like, you know, the band Earth, Wind & Fire and right. Cool and the Gang. They were massive, and it wasn't an individual. It was really, truly a band. Their mm -hmm. sound as a collective was what made those bands special, and he was a big part of that. 
Yep, and, I, and I'm a brick house. What can I tell you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> now you're but, bringing in the Commodores. Come on. Yeah. No. <laughs> Listen. Um, anything else? Any big big stories? I know that uh, you know. There's always something with Kanye. Now, of course, it's anti-Semitism, but that's all I'm hearing about. Everybody is anti-Semitism. It's Elon Musk. It's Kanye West. Uh, like nothing new yeah, about those look, stories. It, it is the issue. It is the issue du jour. I mean, mm-hmm. and now Elon Musk is facing charges of it. It's going to hurt the value of his companies. It already is. People are starting to protest Tesla. Kanye West appears to be trying to sort of tamp down the allegations. He's he's working on some music where he says, I couldn't be anti-Semitic. I've slept with Jewish women. So oh. it's all over the map right now, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's, it's getting worse. We're in a hell of a state of the world. Yeah, we sure are. But that's okay because... Um... You know, we just hold up the banner and we try to keep doing the right thing. And my gorgeous little grandchildren, I'll be seeing them in just about a month and I can't be more excited. They can't wait. We got your cutting board yesterday, so now we have a fancy cutting board that says the Kaufmans. Carter was so excited. He was? I didn't think yes, that the kids would said, like it. What that say? He made me read it to him. <laughs> uh, it's a charcuterie too, right? On the, the, can't you like lay oh, stuff great. out on it? It's very, okay. We needed one. Ours is very, very warped from many okay. trips through the, uh, through the dishwasher. Yeah, we'll keep it out of the dishwasher. All right, kid, thanks Will so do. much for calling in. Love you. I'll talk to you over the weekend. See you soon. All right, bye-bye. Well, listen, no matter what, cool in the gang. There's, this is my stuff, you know, all of those celebration. I mean, how many people have had that song as their graduation song, their wedding song, their anniversary song. Anyway, that does it for me this week. I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here on Monday, if it be his will, and he delays his coming right at three o'clock. Remember that what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And maybe do what I'm going to do this weekend and, you know, minimally follow the news because sometimes you just need to turn it off and read a good book. I'm reading The Neapolitan Quartet by Ellen Ferrante now and enjoying it very much. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless the USA. And God bless my listeners. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.